Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming to the Preacher Chick podcast. I am Stacy, the Preacher Chick, and today is day 225 of reading the Bible together every day this year. Today, we are beginning the book of 2 Chronicles. This is basically the chronicle, the um, story, the life information of Solomon and his reign and the building of the temple and um, the final kings. And so, uh, well, yeah. And so let's just get right to it. We're going to read the first four chapters as well as Psalm 71. So let's go. Solomon, son of David, strengthened his hold on his kingdom. The Lord, his God, was with him and highly exalted him. Then Solomon spoke to all Israel, to the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, to the judges and to every leader in all Israel, the family heads. Solomon and the whole assembly went with him to the high place that was in Gibeon, because God's tent of meeting, which the Lord's servant Moses had made in the wilderness, was there. Now David had brought the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim to the place he had set up for it, because he had pitched a tent for it in Jerusalem. But he put the bronze altar, which Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, made had made in front of the Lord's tabernacle. Solomon and the assembly inquired of him there. Solomon offered sacrifices there in the Lord's presence of the bronze altar at the tent of meeting. He offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. That night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what should I give you? And Solomon said to God, You've shown great and faithful love to my father David, and you have made me king in his place. Lord God, let me pr- pro- let your promise to my father David now come true. For you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Now grant me wisdom and knowledge so that I may lead these people. For who can judge this great people of yours? God said to Solomon, Since this was in your heart, and you have not requested riches, wealth, or glory, or for the life of those who hate you, And you have not even requested long life, but you've requested for yourself wisdom and knowledge that you may judge my people over whom I've made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are given to you. I will also give you riches, wealth, and glory, unlike unlike what was given to the kings who were before you or will be given to those after you. So Solomon went to Jerusalem from the high place that was in Gibeon in front of the tent of meeting, and he reigned over Israel. Solomon accumulated 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen, which he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. The king made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stones, and he made cedar as abundant as sycamore in the Judean foothills. Solomon's horses came from Egypt and Kui. The king's traders would get them from Kui at the going price. A chariot could be imported from Egypt for 15 pounds of silver and a horse for nearly four pounds. In the same way, they exported them all They exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and to the kings of Aram and through their agents. Solomon decided to build a temple for the name of the Lord and a royal palace for himself. So he assigned 70,000 men as porters, 80,000 men as stonecutters in the mountains, and 3,600 as supervisors over them. Then Solomon sent word to King Hiram of Tyre, Do for me what you did for my father, David. You sent him cedars to build him a house to live in. Now I am building a temple for the name of the Lord my God in order to dedicate it to him for the burning fragrant incense before him, for displaying the rose of the bread of the presence continuously, and for sacrificing burnt offerings for the morning and the evening, the Sabbaths and the new moons and the appointed festivals of the Lord our God. This is ordained for Israel permanently. The temple that I am building will be great, for our God is greater than any of the gods. 
but who is able to build a temple for him since even heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain him? Who am I then that I should build a temple for him except as a place to burn incense before him? Therefore, send me an artisan who is skilled in engraving to work with gold, silver, bronze, and iron, and with purple, crimson, and blue yarn. He will work with the artisans who are with me in Judah and Jerusalem, appointed by my father David. Also send me cedar, cypress, and algum logs from Lebanon, for I know that your servants know how to cut the trees of Lebanon. Note that my servants will be with your servants to prepare logs for me in abundance, because the temple I am building will be great and wondrous." I will give your servants, the woodcutters who cut the trees, 100,000 bushels of wheat flour and 100,000 bushels of barley, 110,000 gallons of wine and 110,000 gallons of oil. Then King Hiram of Tyre wrote a letter and sent it to Solomon. Because the Lord loves his people, he set you over them as king. Hiram also said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who made the heavens and the earth. He gave King David a wise son with insight and understanding who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal palace for himself. I've now sent Huramabi, a skillful man who is understanding. He is the son of a woman from the daughters of Dan. His father is a man of Tyre. He knows how to work with gold, silver, bronze, iron, stone, and wood with purple, blue, crimson yarn, and fine linen. He knows how to do all kinds of engraving and execute any design that may be given him. I have sent him to you to be with your artisans and the artisans of my lord your father David. Now let my lord send the wheat, barley, oil, and wine to his servants as promised. We will cut logs from Lebanon, as many as you need, and bring them to you as rafts by sea to Joppa. You can then take them up to Jerusalem. Solomon took a census of all the resident alien men in the land of Israel after the census that his father David had conducted, and the total was 153,600. Sold Solomon made 70,000 of them porters, 80,000 stone cutters in the mountains, and 3,600 supervisors to make the people work. Then Solomon began the, to build the Lord's temple in Jerusalem and on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David at the site David had prepared on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. He began to build on the second day of the second month in the fourth year of his reign. These are Solomon's foundations for building God's temple. The length was 90 feet and the width 30 feet. The portico, which was across the front, extending across the width of the temple, was 30 feet wide. Its height was 30 feet. He overlaid its inner surface with pure gold. The larger room he paneled with cypress wood, overlaid with fine gold, and decorated with palm trees and chains. He adorned the temple with precious stones for beauty, and the gold was the gold of Parvaim. He overlaid the temple, the beams with the thresholds, its walls and doors, with gold, and he carved cherubim on the walls. Then he made the most holy place. Its length corresponded to the width of the temple, 30 feet, and its width, 30 feet. He overlaid it with 45,000 pounds of fine gold. The weight of the nails was 20 ounces of gold, and he overlaid the ceiling with gold. He made two cherubim of sculpted work for the most holy place, and he overlaid them with gold. The overall length of the wings of the cherubim was 30 feet. The wing of one was seven and a half feet, touching the wall of the room. Its other wing was seven and a half feet, touching the wing of the other cherub. The wing of the other cherub was seven and a half feet, touching the wall of the room. Its other wing was seven and a half feet, reaching the wing of the other cherub. The wingspan of these cherubim was 30 feet. They stood on their feet and faced the larger room. He made the curtain of blue, purple, and crimson yarn and fine linen, and he wove cherubim into it. In front of the temple, he made two pillars, each 27 feet high. He made chain work in the inner sanctuary and also put it on top of the pillars. He made a hundred pomegranates and fastened them into the chain work 
Then he set up the pillars in front of the sanctuary, one on the right and one on the left. He named the one on the right Jachin and the one on the left Boaz. He made a bronze altar, 30 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 15 feet high. Then he made the cast metal basin, 15 feet from brim to brim, perfectly round. It was seven and a half feet high and 45 feet in circumference. The likeness of an oxen was below it, completely encircling it. Ten every half yard, completely surrounding the basin. The oxen were cast in two rows. When the basin was cast, it stood on 12 oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The basin was on top of them, and all their hindquarters were toward the center. The basin was three inches thick, and its rim was fashioned like the brim of a cup or a lily blossom. It could hold 11,000 gallons. That's a big old basin. <laughs> he made 10 basins for washing, and he put five on the right and five on the left. The parts of the burnt offering were rinsed and in them, but the basin was used by the priest for washing. He made the 10 gold lampstands according to their specifications and put them in the sanctuary, five on the right and five on the left. He made 10 tables and placed them on the sanctuary, five on the right and five on the left. He also made 100 gold bowls. He made the courtyard of the priests in the large court and doors for the court. He overlaid the doors with bronze. He put the basin on the right side toward the east. Then Huram made the pots, the shovels, and the bowls. So Huram finished doing the work that he was doing for King Solomon in God's temple. Two pillars, the bowls and the capitals on top of the two pillars, the two gratings for covering both bowls of the capitals that were on top of the pillars, the 400 pomegranates for the two gratings, two rows of pomegranates for each grating covering both capital bowls on top of pillars. He also made the water carts and the basins on the water carts, the one basin and the 12 oxen underneath it, the pots and shovels, the forks, and all their utensils. Hiramabi made the, them for King Solomon for the Lord's temple. All these were made of polished bronze. The king had them cast in clay molds in the Jordan Valley between Succoth and Zerida. Solomon made all these utensils in such great abundance that the weight of the bronze was not determined. Solomon also made all the equipment in God's temple, the gold altar, the tables on which to put the bread of the presence, the lampstands and their lamps of pure gold to burn in front of the inner sanctuary according to specifications, the flowers, lamps, and gold tongs of purest gold, the wick trimmers, sprinkling basins, ladles, and fire pans of purest gold. And the entryway to the temple, its inner doors, to the most holy place, and the doors of the temple sanctuary of gold. And Psalm 71. Lord, I seek refuge in you. Let me never be disgraced in your justice. Rescue me and deliver me. Listen closely to me and save me. Be a rock of my refuge for me. Where can I always, Where I can always go? Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, my God, from the power of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and oppressive. For you are my hope, Lord God, my confidence from my youth. I have leaned on you from birth. You took me from my mother's womb. My praise is always about you. I'm like a miraculous sign to many, and you are my strong refuge. My mouth is full of praise and honor to you all day long. Don't discard me in my old age as my strength fails. Do not abandon me, for my enemies talk about me, and those who spy on me plot together, saying, God has abandoned him. Chase him and catch him, for there is no one to rescue him. God, do not be far from me. My God, hurry to help me. May my adversaries be disgraced and destroyed. May those who intend to harm me be covered with disgrace and humiliation. But I will hope continually, and, I, and will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell about your righteousness and your salvation all day long, though I cannot sum them up. 
I come because of the mighty acts of the Lord God. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. I, um, at church the other night, <clears throat> in our Bible study, we were talking about how we can get so overwhelmed and bogged down by the things that are going wrong and by the negativity and the and the uncertainty of the world. But when we begin to shift our mindset to thinking about the good things of God, what is in our lives that is good and the things that God has provided and, you know, even simple things like I woke up this morning and the sun is shining or it's raining and the grass is being watered and the flowers are being watered. I mean, you can you can choose to shift your mindset. And, and that's what he said. But I will hope continually and praise you more and more. That's what David's getting at here. He continues, God, you've taught me from my youth and still proclaim your wondrous works. Even while I'm old and gray, God, do not abandon me while I proclaim your power to another generation, your strength to all who are to come. In other words, I'm not going to stop telling about it. The next generation and the next generation, they need to know. Um, your righteousness reaches the heights, God. You have done great things. God, who is like you? You caused me to experience many troubles and misfortunes, but you will revive me again. You will bring me up again, even from the depths of the earth. You will increase my honor and comfort me once again. Therefore, I will praise you with a harp. For your faithfulness, my God, I will sing to you with a lyre, Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I, praise, when I sing praise to you, because you've redeemed me. Therefore, my tongue will proclaim your righteousness all day long. For those who intend to harm me will be disgraced and confounded. And that's our reading for today, friends. I hope you have a great one, and I'll see you tomorrow as we continue to read the Bible together every day this year.